Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Little Jaded. We are so excited to have you here today. We have an awesome guest. I'm Jade, and I'm here joined, as always, with my co-host, Joanna. Hey, guys. I'm Joanna, and today I'm so excited to announce our guest. Today, we are joined by Carla Hara, otherwise known as Carla J to the public. She is a full-time social media producer and digital marketer based in the Bay Area in California. You may know her from her TikTok at J, Carla, where she has 35,000 followers and creates amazing content geared towards people who want to work in the music industry. And she's worked with many radio stations in California, like 97.1 AMP and 99.7 Now, where she's worked with and shot for artists like Louis Tomlinson, Selena Gomez, Five Seconds of Summer, TXT, and so many more. So welcome to the show, Carla. Thank you for having me. Also, by the way, I know we're on video right now. My girlfriend is getting ready to go to dinner. So if you see people pass by behind me, that's what's happening. I tried to do the blur, but it just looked really weird. So just so you're aware, there's people in the background on the other side of my apartment. All good. All good. (laughs) But yeah, I guess just jumping into the first question. So for our listeners that might be hearing about you for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about your journey into the music industry so far, what's inspired Mm -hmm. you and maybe how long you've been doing this? Yeah, of course. So I've been officially working in the music industry, mainly in radio and the live event space for seven years, mainly in Los Angeles. I'm very new to the Bay Area. It's about to be my one year in a couple of weeks and I'm still adjusting, but I'm having a good time. When I tell people about my industry journey, they are often surprised that I actually, that my industry career is actually one huge happy accident because I did not intend on being in the industry. I studied screenwriting in college and I wanted to work in TV and film to become a producer or a screenwriter. But when I was in community college, I had to take audio classes and it was part of the curriculum to shadow the jocks that were on college radio. And I eventually had my own show with some friends. And so when I transferred to four-year university and then graduated, I decided to apply to every entry-level job out there within TV, film, and of course, radio. And the first place to buy it was 97 one amp in LA and I instantly fell in love let me tell you being a promo assistant was to this day still one of my favorite jobs I've ever ever had it was a lot of hard work a lot of sweat and a lot of just like crazy moments but without being a promo assistant I don't think I would be in this position I am today I love my coworkers. I love my bosses and the energy that was exuded every day I love being able to work on events because I love going to concerts and I love going to festivals so just to be on the other side of it was just this euphoric feeling like it's really indescribable unless you work events but then the digital side of my work kind of came into fruition because I studied film. So I just wanted to hold a camera and make videos. And so myself and my two promo friends, we just started making fun videos off to the side, nothing crazy. But the digital department noticed and they noticed that, you know, we had a lot of like raw talent. We just needed to be guided and we just needed to be, we just needed to learn more. And so from there, we just started to slowly help out. It just started off with taping down wires or setting up a backdrop. And then slowly but surely, we started to learn more about editing, learn more about how to properly light a video interview. 
And then from there, I started to slowly elevate and kind of move up the corporate ladder and be part of some really crazy full circle moments. Earlier, you mentioned about me working with Selena Gomez and Five Seconds of Summer. So as a fangirl, it's been wild to work with some of my favorite artists like the Jonas Brothers and Five Sauce. And then even running into the Backstreet Boys backstage was like, so like, as a 90s kid, I almost pooped my pants. It was iconic, yeah. And then in 2020, the pandemic happened and the company that I was working for, they kind of shifted in energy and I couldn't align myself no longer with them just because like ethically just, I was, I couldn't be with them, but it was also perfect timing because the company that I work for, 99.7, they approached me with a job. So I did a couple of Zoom interviews and then they flew me out to San Francisco for an in-person meet. And then I got offered the job a week later. So that's where I've been for the last year. Oh my God. That's a, that is such a cool story though. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of people can relate to that even Mm -hmm. from like, you know, community college and college radio, and then, you know, working all the way up to, to where you are now is Mm -hmm. actually kind of crazy and I actually I, as you were saying that it, it rung a bell in my mind because I it, your TikTok like telling that story came up mm-hmm. on my For You page a couple days ago and I was uh-huh. like I know that I've heard this <laughs> yeah so it's, it's kind of crazy to hear you, you say know, it oh live. my dog is barking all good <laughs> So, you know, I love saying that I went to community college because I think there's always this preconceived notion that you have to go to a four-year university or you have to go to an Ivy League and get like the best grades ever, or you have to intentionally go into wanting to work in the music industry and take very specific classes. And while those efforts may also work you don't have to that's why I love saying I went to community college and I love because I didn't do well in high school really I wasn't very good at academics that's why I had to start at a community college and I didn't purposely intend to work in the music industry I just took whatever film classes and then it just so happened that the music industry kind of just worked for me that's why I love mentioning my backstory to kind of just share like hey you don't have to go to a four-year university you don't have to go to university even if you don't want to because I understand that not everyone can afford it and not everyone wants to get a higher education and that's okay yeah and I love that because I mean I relate so hard because I also transferred in from a community college and I feel like there's always like you said like there's this stigma on it and I'm not studying like music business I don't go to Berkeley College of Music and mm-hmm. if you can go there that's awesome but that's not 100% necessary anymore and I feel like you of all people show that it's all about like connections mm-hmm. definitely all about connections Definitely. Love it. Love it. We love pushing connections here. Um, so your your main gig is currently working as like a social media producer for 99.7 mm-hmm. now. So can you tell us a little bit about like this position? I know you kind of went into it, but a little mm-hmm. bit about this position and, you know, like you kind of went into how you got the job, but like what what is your typical day to day kind of look like? Yeah. So So this job specifically, I mean, I did mention that they approached me with the job, but I think what really, really helped me gain my position was having an extensive portfolio. I didn't mention it, but during COVID, when 2020 happened, a lot of us lost our jobs at the last company I was at, I myself included. And so during the downtime of the pandemic, I took the time to really build my portfolio into something very solid. I worked on it every single day and putting in projects as much as I could. And so because I was unemployed for nine months before they brought me back to work. And so I had a lot of time to make TikToks and 
learn new kinds of photography. But there are two main components with my job, the social media producing side, where it's more about creating content, producing artist interviews, I'm editing them. I'm also producing other fun content, for example, like for Pride or taste test videos. We're working on Taylor Swift content right now because Midnight's comes out today. I also do photography and design. I also work a lot with every single department, especially the promotions department. So when we are doing contests like the Louis Tomlinson contest or driver error contest that I'm making sure we have the graphics or the assets that we need to push those contests out so people know about them. And then I'm also auditing posts just to make sure everything that we're posting on all stations. And I work for three other stations, not just 99.7. I work for four. And, um, you know, just to make sure everyone's posting what we're supposed to, we're all aligned on the same page. So it's not all fun and creative stuff. You know, I'm also neck deep in Excel spreadsheets for foundational stuff, but without that foundational stuff, we won't be able to do the fun stuff. And then the second component of my job is the digital marketing side. And that part of my job is where I'm working with the sales department. And when I'm working with the sales department, I'm creating deliverables for clients. I'm doing spec shoots, building decks and doing a ton of meetings, a lot of my marketing side is just meeting after meeting. But of course, when you're working with money and you're working with clients that don't work with you on an everyday basis, it's really important to get to know one each other and figure out what that client wants so we can exceed their expectations. And my day to day is kind of like a mixture of both components. Some days I'm back to back with artist interviews and editing and filming a ton of content. And then other days I'm just really holed up in my office, crunching numbers and having meetings. So it's different each day, but I love how each day is really different. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's also a really great point too for a lot of people who want to work in the music industry is that not every day is like glamorous and fun. Like you have yeah. to have those like business nine to five in the office mm -hmm. days mm -hmm. in order to prepare for the fun things like working with those like awesome artists. Yes, exactly. So when, when we had Louis Tomlinson in, it was a lot of prep. It was a lot of figuring out lighting. It was a lot of this, a lot of that. It was a lot of analytics and looking at making sure we had all the right assets. There's a lot of prep to go into those big interviews or this those big events. Right now we're gearing up for Poptopia in December. And so it's a lot of behind the scenes to make sure we have a really smooth event day. Yeah, of course. And catch me at Poptopia because I will be there. And I'm so yes. great because like I said, like I'm from the Bay Area. So growing up, mm -hmm. um, you know, being a fan of 997, just listening to it on my way to school and like hearing about all these amazing things, like now growing up and seeing how much work is put into these events and into Poptopia. And a lot of people don't realize like even something like, you know, the content production and posting everything, mm -hmm. there's somebody doing that. Yes, definitely. And like when you go to Poptopia this year and you see little postcards on the chair or maybe it's like a light up baton, there's someone from the promotions department putting it on every single chair in that arena. So there is a lot of like that work that you don't realize goes into it. Someone is working on something important to make sure you, the audience, you, the listener is having a really good time. Yeah, of course. And I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit on something that mm -hmm. you said, how you mentioned how like your job and just in general, like getting to where you are now has been a lot of you just trying out a bunch of different things. So do you think that you allowing yourself to not be afraid to try new things and be flexible has kind of aided in you being able to get to where you are? Yes, definitely. I think a lot of the industry is about being open 
to doing new things and trying new things. I know everyone might, there might be a lot of people who kind of pick a niche like, oh, I want to work at a record label or, oh, I want to be on air or I want to do this. But sometimes the road to that specific goal it's not streamlined. There's so many different routes to it. And you have to be willing to put your foot in kind of anything. Right now here in the Bay Area, I do a lot of event photography. And I never would have done event photography had I not just gone out to a local community event and just started taking photos for 99.7. Now I love it. And now I'm getting hit up by the same promoter like hey would you come out and photograph this event and so that's kind of what the industry is is just being open and not being kind of like blinded by other parts of the industry because you never know you might actually enjoy something about it um you know i never thought that i would enjoy certain parts about social media and delegating or being like a boss or a manager. But I there is a part of it that I really love that I never thought I would had I not just said, okay, like, let me come out to the Bay Area and try it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's a lot of the music industry in general is this like, mm -hmm. how do you know what you like if you've never tried it before? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's kind of nice that, you know, for example, like your event photography, you weren't sure. And now you're like, yeah, I love it. So I think that's a great thing for students to even know is like, you know, just try, try a bunch of new things. Never mm -hmm. say no, as long as you're comfortable and okay with it. Just never, never say no to a new opportunity because they're always there for you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So kind of like to switch gears a little bit, your TikTok account, huge. Mm -hmm. And congratulations, by the way, I love it. Thank <laughs> um, you. But it focuses on your experience in the, in the music industry and gives tons of great advice to others who are also hoping to work in the music industry, myself included. So what's one piece of advice that you have for students aspiring to work in the music industry? Ooh, okay. So one piece of advice that I have for students or just like anyone in general is to never, ever, ever, ever compare your journey to anyone else's. That is probably the worst thing you can do for yourself because as I mentioned, the industry has so many different routes to get to wherever your goal is, whatever that goal is. And privilege also plays a huge part in success or maybe no success. I don't think that a lot of people realize that. But when you first start, pay isn't going to be that great. It, the hours might not even be decent hours. So it's very likely that you might have a second job to help pay for rent, for bills, for food. And if you still get to live with family or you don't have student loan debt, or if you have a car, or if you have parents that are willing to pay for things, that is actually a privilege. And that automatically will give you a leg up over those who may not have those luxuries, because that means you get to dictate more time into reaching your goals. When I was in college, my mom gave me her car. It was reliable transportation for me to get from Orange County to Los Angeles to have as many internships. I had a job at Starbucks, but also I had pa parents that were willing to lend me money if I wanted to quit so I can dedicate more time into internships or, you know, volunteer hours or whatever that may be. And I know not everyone has that. I know a lot of people that started off in the industry working at the radio station with me, but later on they had to go and be a waitress or be a barista to help pay for rent and bills. And so that's why you should never compare your journey to anyone else's because you just don't know how someone has gotten there, whether they worked really, really hard or they had had 
had things handed to them. You know, the industry is also very male dominated. So things like sexism definitely exist. And I know things are slowly changing and I'm hoping things will completely change so there isn't any of that. But, um, you know, it's difficult for women to do well in the industry. Not that it's impossible, but it's hard. I've also seen women of color struggle the most. I've seen women of color colleagues who have gotten passed up on opportunities or just really good gigs and instead given to their white counterparts who don't have seniority or talent or experience. So there's just like a lot at play. So never, ever, ever, ever compare your journey. Just kind of keep your blinders on, work really hard, focus on your goals. Definitely root for your friends because community over competition always, but just don't feel don't feel bad for yourself or feel sorry because if you see someone kind of reaching their goals fast or you know getting a really cool job or really big gig and you're not there yet just don't worry about that do you you are exactly where you need to be I love that so much and I love that you brought up the topic of being a woman like sexism and also being mm-hmm. a person of color because that perfectly segues into the next question that we really wanted to talk about because on your TikTok and just everywhere in general, mm-hmm. you speak out a lot about your experiences being a queer woman of color aspiring mm-hmm. to work in the industry. And it's hard. And you've even said before, like, you won't hope to be the person your younger self needed, which I love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here at Jada Productions, we're happy to say that we're all female identifying team. Yay! I know, I love it. <laughs> I'd love to see, like, even me working in, like, live events sometimes, I like, mm-hmm. when a a production manager is female. I love it. I love to see it. So definitely, like you said, like there is some progress mm-hmm. being made, but definitely not enough. So we'd love for you to tell us about your experiences and what mm-hmm. pushes you to change that narrative within a male dominated industry. Yeah, definitely. Also, congrats on the female identifying team. I think that's awesome. One of the reasons why I also love working here at 99.7 or, you know, the the mother company is called Bonneville. Our SVP here in the Bay Area is a strong, dope woman. And she is so badass in every single which way. And I think that's so awesome because I've never had this the strong, iconic woman be the big boss before. And I think that's just so cool. But when I first started in the industry, I, that's when I actually saw the most diversity. It's people working at entry-level positions, making minimum wage, but they're also working the very hardest. But then when I moved up the corporate ladder, I noticed that there were less people of color and then even less women of color, you know, especially when it came to positions of power and that's kind of what pushes me to really change the narrative because I think that we need more people of color more women of color in upper management roles in spaces that aren't originally meant for us because visibility is really important um I saw one of my really good friends get fired under very, very suspicious circumstances but when it's one Mexican-American woman versus three white men Like, how do you think that went, you know? And I remember working a show that my radio station was hosting. And this happened in LA. I had an all access working badge. I had the right credentials, the right sticky to get into the photo pit. But security had a hard time letting me in there. It wasn't until I had to go ask my boss, like, hey, like security's not letting me in the pit or they're giving me a hard time. She came out and like literally yelled at security and was like, hey, she's working the show. 
this is her show. Like you need to let her in. I've also had to dress more masculine or I felt like I needed to dress more masculine when photographing shows to be seen as more credible or to be taken seriously. I love wearing makeup. I love wearing like false eyelashes and all that stuff. So when I decided to, you know, that's crazy. I don't want to have to wear baggy things anymore. I'm just going to wear what I want and you know, wear eyelashes if I want to. I was then questioned about my talent or my skill or question about the equipment that I would bring. One time I was photographing Five Sauce and a photographer, a woman photographer, asked if I was an intern. And I was the only one there actually getting paid to photograph Five Sauce. So there's that. So growing up, I also didn't have a lot of people to look up to, whether that was in the media I consumed, like TV, film, even fan fictions. And also, I didn't have a lot of representation in potential career choices. I think 80% of my family and my, you know, I come from a Filipino upbringing. It's either the medical field or engineering. So I didn't have anyone in my family that was pursuing entertainment. So I didn't have anyone that I could talk to. And I feel like this bodes true for a lot of children of immigrants. And that's one of the reasons why I love sharing my stories on TikTok because I want other people to know or other Asian Americans or other Filipinos to see someone who looks like them and someone who grew up in a very similar household and see a future where they can reach any goal despite what their parents may want for them. And I think that's how I'm changing the narrative by becoming the narrative. I love that so much and especially like I, for me personally like I'm also a queer woman of color and so <laughs> You know, I come also like I can totally relate to, you know, parents not completely understanding what mm -hmm. you're trying to do and it really sets you back and really makes you feel down on yourself. And I feel like those are the situations where make you feel like, I don't know if I should be doing this. And I feel like you are using your platform for such good reasons. And I think a lot of people who, whether they want to work in radio, whatever they want to work in, in the industry can really look up to you for a lot of great advice. I hope so. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to echo exactly what Joanna said, but yeah, exactly what she said. Almost. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's really wonderful to have people like you that are speaking out on these issues and trying to make a positive change. I just think it's, it's extremely inspirational and yeah, keep up the amazing work because it's thank you it's <laughs> and that's so how progress is made by people yes. speaking out about it even just this podcast whether one person listens to it or like you know a thousand people listen to it like that's mm -hmm. still going to make some sort of impact exactly yeah 100 percent. so you've done a lot in your time in the industry um mm -hmm. you know from from shooting and editing artist interviews you know working at 99.7 now creating digital assets and digital designs and snapping impressive very impressive photos of artists at concerts and events even like on your website I was scrolling and I was like wow oh my god these are really good <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah but um so what's been out of all of like the cool projects that you've done what's mm -hmm. kind of been your favorite and and why I want to say so my favorite projects are actually the ones no one has seen outside of the company that I work for. So one of the biggest reasons why I love my job so much, besides having an SVP that is this badass woman, is that they prioritize diversity and celebrating one another. So when it was Asian American History Month, we pushed out an internal magazine with a bunch of Asian-owned Bay Area companies that we could support to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month and Day of the Dead. We built 
called an ofrenda in our office. And it was so cool to learn a lot about the history. We brought in photos of our loved ones who had passed. We learned about the holiday. I even learned about why the bread that's used for offering is shaped the way it is. And that was just so interesting to learn. And I love that everyone got to participate. For Women's History Month, I got to create four different internal magazines that we pushed out to our market. And it was celebrating all the women that worked in the office, whether they were on air and in the in the limelight, you could say, and, or people be working behind the scenes. So, you know, we got to celebrate people in the sales team. We got to celebrate promotions assistant, just all the women. And a lot of the women of color got full page spreads with photos and like they answered a questionnaire. And it was just really a, a beautiful beautiful to celebrate women and learn more about each other too. So, but that's kind of just really important to me as a woman of color and as a Filipino to just feel seen for once. I love that we get to champion every culture and ethnicity out there in a very genuine and authentic way. As a Filipino, we do a lot of Filipino events or we get to interview a lot of Filipino artists, no matter how big or small they are. And I think that means a lot to me because even though Los Angeles was super diverse. My last job in LA was not diverse. So it was just very, I mean, it was great. And I love the people that I work with, but I definitely that visibility is so important. And I have never felt more seen in my life than I do now here working in the Bay Area at Bonneville. But those are the types of projects that I really love. Of course, I love photographing my favorite celebrities or doing artist interviews, but some of my favorite projects are the ones the public don't really get to see because they're the ones being done internal. And I think that's important because it's just like kind of like a trickle effect. It starts from within and then it kind of gets pushed out. And that's kind of our whole mantra at Bonneville 99.7 and all the other stations we work with. It's just kind of like the supportive group that champions everyone. And then you see that through our socials, you see that through the artists that we bring in, you see that through the charities that we donate to. But yeah, those are some of my favorite projects. That's amazing. I think it's so great that you've been able to find a company that shares like those values and like cares about lifting all those people up because I feel like that's how you create such a great community. And, you know, we've talked about like connections and everything, having a great, like comfortable workplace where you feel mm -hmm. like you said, visible is so important. Yes. Very, very important. Yeah, but I mean, I love that so much. I hope one day the public gets to see those because I would love to see it. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you follow like some of the on-air jocks, like, like they've shared some of the things that we've done. Mm -hmm. A lot of our magazines were like, more because some of the on-air jocks of course their lives are kind of online you hear them on air and you see their social media but some of like the salespeople, they're really more reserved about themselves but it was nice to kind of bring them out and celebrate them like hey we see you we know you're working hard without you we wouldn't have this this and this and I think a lot of companies especially when it comes to radio or tv they really focus on the talent the stars and of course like they're the on-air talent they're the stars of the station is in a sense but without the people working behind the scenes you don't get that show or you don't get that specific segment on air that's kind of a couple of months ago for the Grammys they had people women working on tours come out and they did the presentations they were the ones handing out the awards and I think that's so cool because you know without the people working behind the scenes you don't get a worldwide tour with like Beyonce or Justin Bieber like there's so many people behind the scenes that deserve to get celebrated and championed 
Yeah, 100%. And, you know, even if somebody's listening and they want to, you know, they think being a roadie, like, sounds like fun. Like, without the roadies, without the people putting together these insane sets and stages, like, mm-hmm. Black Sauce isn't going to go on, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah, so no job. Yeah, even yeah. down to the taping of the cords, like, sometimes I'll have like, if I have nobody to help me set up, the least someone can do when they're a promo assistant is just to help me tape down the wires. Because if the tape, ta- uh, the wires aren't taped, someone's gonna fall over. Yeah, and that's gonna be a huge liability. So like, even that to me is so important. There's no job in the industry that is too small. And I think that's something else that people should really realize and get ingrained in their head. There is no job too small. Every job is important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Behind every artist, there's like a hundred people helping them. Mm-hmm, plus, exactly. Plus. Not and even yet. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that that's even great for, you know, I feel like a lot of people going into the industry, it can be this ego sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to have this, you know, not visible job. I want to feel like I'm important and I want, you know, like the managerial positions, but you're not going to get to those positions until you start off literally at the bottom of the food chain. Yep. And that's fine. Like that's how it is. And if you keep working at it and showing that this is what you want to do, people are going to recognize that. And then you're going to go up. Yes, definitely. That recognition, the right people will notice. I'm always paying attention. Like I can, I see everything. I see when people are working And I see when people aren't working. So I definitely like, if I notice that you're working hard, I'm going to pull you to the side. I'm going to ask like, hey, like, what is it that you want to do? Can I help you in every which way? There's a promo assistant. She's so great. She, I think she's only been with us for maybe less than six months, but she's shown so much promise. And I pulled her off to the side and I asked like, hey, what do you want to do? And she wants to do more events. So I was able to get her a couple of freelancing gigs outside of the station for her to really build her resume and continue networking because I loved her work ethic and I paid attention to that so the right people will notice and as big the industry is it's also very small so if you have a great work ethic that's going to get around but also the opposite if you're in it for the wrong reason if you're only in it for the perks or to meet celebrities or whatever it may be that's also going to get around and that's going to cost you potentially not to get any gigs at all yeah 100 and i feel like you bringing up you know the fun like perk side kind of segues into our next question because you preach how you are a fangirl who has gone into the music industry and a lot of your content on your tiktok is also like hey you can be a fangirl and also work in the music industry and i mean jade and i are also certified fangirls we love music and that's a big reason why we want to do it right yeah i think there is a fine line with a lot of this stuff and you know you can use your power as a fan like you always say but Mm -hmm. there also has to be a line between professionalism and being a fan Mm -hmm. so what is your advice to people who want to you know find that balance and how have you been able to find the balance yeah so you know of course I love working with the big artists the five sauces the Louis Tomlinson's the Selena Gomez's but I also love working with just anyone who are cool who are nice and kind and respectful I've worked with really big artists that have been so incredibly kind and they feel like friends when I worked with TXT they were such nice and charming guys like I just wanted to hang out with them all day genuinely as 
homies, not just because it's TXT, but because they were really, really nice people. But I've also worked with very small artists who thinks they're hot shots and they were just very rude and disrespectful and I just don't want to work with them. And that puts a bad taste in my mouth. But finding balance as a fangirl working in the industry is actually very, very easy once you have a goal that stretches far beyond working with artists. I intend on having longevity in this career in the industry. So I take I take my job very, very, very seriously. There is a time and a place for fangirling and being professional around your favorite artist is very simple when you understand the bigger picture. You know, do you want to find long-term success and be known as someone who has incredible work ethic that keeps their cool in front of a huge celebrities? Or do you want to get fired, blacklisted and be known as that person who can't be trusted or taken seriously? I was told a story that there was a this one employee who somehow found that the station was going to have NCT 171. It was one of the K-pop groups. Um, They were going to come. Yeah, they were going to come in. And so this person got a job with the station. The the K-pop group came in and then they quit two days later. And that's all they wanted to do. Yeah. And so I wasn't there when this happened. This was just like a crazy story that was told to me, you know, and I've and it, it's it's wild and insane but if I knew who that person was like you know obviously they would get blacklisted or they'd be like hey like don't hire this person they're only in it for the wrong reasons you know I've been I've worked events where some of the people don't effectively do their job because they're distracted by the perks or like oh my gosh so and so is right there or they're too busy watching the show and a meet and greet runs 10 minutes late and when it comes to live events everything is timed down to the minute of course things change and shift around but everything is super timed especially because venues they have a curfew if Showtime is ends at 10. That means the SAP center or the Staples center, whatever it may be, says it's done at 10. So there are curfews and things are run at a specific time. So it's important to take your job seriously. But if you want longevity, if you want to just have a really good, successful career, being cool and chill around your favorite celebrities is really easy because you're like, it's not worth getting fired. It's not worth worth that risk of, you know, being blacklisted or being known as that one employee that does not care about their job. 100%. And hey, if you're working with your all-time favorite artist, be cool in the moment. Once you get into your car, you can be like, oh my God, I just worked with Harry Styles or something. Yes. Yes. Like when I worked with the Jonas Brothers, completely cool. I think honestly, I think I blacked out because I barely remember any of it. I was just so like into work mode. But then once like the day kind of like slowly passed and I had time to process, I definitely went into the bathroom to cry a little bit. You know, yeah, it happens. Like, you know, one of my coworkers, she's a huge 1975 fan and we had them perform at a show out in LA and she got to take photos of them. And, you know, completely cool, chill, whatever. And then later on, like about an hour later, I noticed that she's kind of like crying in the corner a little bit. But I understand, like, you know, she just shot one of her favorite bands. So definitely there is a time and a place to fangirl, but definitely be proud of yourself. Take that time to process, cry by yourself in the bathroom if you need to. But you got this. Definitely. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Cry by yourself in the bathroom, but you got this. <laughs> yes. At the end of the day, you got this. <laughs> I mean, Jade I had a similar it. experience because, I mean, she worked, you worked with Big Time Rush. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, nice. Yeah, I worked with Big Time Rush over the summer. And it was like, it was just, it it was weird dates because I live in Pittsburgh. And so I was trying to, like, we had vacation or whatever. Long story Mm -hmm. short, so I ended up going to Hershey for, like, this show. And it was such an amazing, incredible experience. And I was like... like 13 year old jade was trying so hard to like stay cool you know and like so so 21 year old jade did her job and she was like putting together all like Mm -hmm. she was checking people in for meet and greets and like together all the vip assistant type of stuff nice and then i got in the car later with my mom and i was like oh my god (laughs) i feel you that's how i felt for louis tomlinson i was just like it was work mode and then like i came back like i came back home like i had dinner and i was like Oh my gosh, did that actually happen? Like sometimes I literally black out when I'm in work mode because like I just take my job so seriously, but I love it at the same time that I don't get the time to process until way later. And I'm like, oh my God, that actually happened. Wow. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's such a weird industry for that because it's like, wow, these people that we've been watching for 10 years or however long it's mm-hmm. been, and it's like, wow. And then all of a sudden you're in front of them, but you have to be professional. And it's just yes. like, it's just such a funny, <laughs> funny, like continuum there. Like, it's just so yeah. weird. But, but it's also interesting because they're also in work mode, you know? Yeah. Like, they're there to work just as much as you are. Mm -hmm, definitely I think that's why it's also important to find that balance because the last thing you want to do is make them feel uncomfortable if you think Mm -hmm. about it if so and so like if it's Selena Gomez if she comes into 99.7 she's in work mode I'm working technically we're co-workers for the hour that she's there Mm -hmm. you never want to make your co-worker uncomfortable because then you're ruining that relationship if she felt uncomfortable because a fangirl was freaking out she may not never want to work with us ever again and the industry is all about relationships not with just each other and your colleagues but also with the artists themselves I mean if they had a bad time at Poptopia had a bad time working with 99.7 they perfectly can say no I don't want to work with them anymore I want to say like maybe a month ago Kehlani went on this like radio tour and she was at a station in Atlanta and they totally disrespected her and they were just being so rude and were just being really disrespectful with her sexuality and just asking these really inappropriate questions and then after that she's like I don't want to do these radio shows anymore so the station in Atlanta completely ruined it for everyone else by being disrespectful towards Kehlani and I think that's just such a shame and that's something that I never want to do and that's also something that 99.7 we take pride in we take care of the people that come through our doors whether it is a huge artist like Louis Tomlinson or someone who is just starting out in the industry we are going to take care of you yeah yeah I absolutely love the way that you worded that just now you were like the artist is your coworker for that hour that they're in your building. And mm-hmm. cause that's, I feel like that's, I mean, that just like reshaped it in my mind. So I'm hoping that that reshaped it in, in other people's minds too. Cause I've never mm-hmm. heard it like worded that way, you know, cause yeah. you kind of forget that they're in work mode because I mean, you think of yourself in work mode, but you know, you don't think of the, or you think of the artist is just chilling, but like they're also in work mode. Mm-hmm. So I, I really love that actually. And it segues perfectly into our into our last question for you, which is in terms of your experience in the music industry, have you ever gotten a little jaded, pun intended? And if so, <laughs> how do you come back to yourself and, and the work that you love? So I am absolutely in love with this question. I have never been asked this, so I'm very, very excited about it. But the answer is yes. So a little backstory in high school, I was 
bottom of the barrel. I was bullied. I was teased. I was not part of the cool group. And of course, when you're in high school, that's a huge thing. I haven't been in high school in over 10 years. So I think back, I'm like, wow, I'm really dumb. But when you're like 15, 16, high school is your whole entire world. So I also don't necessarily blame my younger self for feeling kind of sorry for myself. So when I graduated high school, I told myself that I will be the cool kid in the room one day. And then it happened. You know, I was doing well in my career. I was going to a ton of free shows. I was working with artists that I love. I was getting paid to travel and do just really dope things. Like my social media was like, not just for me, but it was also like proof that I was doing cool things and that I was the cool kid. And I was just like really blinded by being the coolest kid in the room and making my high school self so proud that I allowed myself to get taken advantage of. I allowed myself to get stepped on and I allowed myself to just feel less than. And I also didn't really care so much because I'd be thrown a pair of VIP tickets or they'd be like, hey, you want to go watch a Laker game in a private suite or get tons of free drinks or whatever it is. There was like all these perks. So it was just kind of in the perks I felt were like part of what was making me that cool kid you know, in a sense. And it wasn't until I lost my job when 2020 happened, when COVID hit and I was lost, I lost my job and it was forcefully taken away from me. There was no saving myself, no begging for my job back. It just happened. So everything stopped and I was no longer the thing that made me the quote unquote cool kid. But when the pandemic happened, I had time to slow down and rethink things and reevaluate myself. That's when I kind of was brought back to life in a sense. And I realized I was always the cool kid. I don't need these cool like perks to be cool because I'm doing this beyond the materialistic things, you know? And that's also why I really love doing TikTok and sharing my story and giving advice to anyone is because I just, I love doing things for other people as well and just kind of being that big sister. And so when I was brought back to work after getting fired, that's when I realized I couldn't really align myself with them ethically anymore. I had boundaries and my long-term goals were really recalibrated to better fit what I wanted. And my current position here in the Bay Area allows me to do that. Not only am I able to work hard and do really fun things in the industry, but I also get to share diversity and culture on our social platforms. And I get to make the fans a priority. We give a lot back to the fans. Free meet and greets, seat upgrades, merch packages, lots of cool things. And I'm able to have a, a direct hand in making that happen. We're having Poptopia meetings and we're we're thinking, okay, how can we make this a better experience for the fans? Can we do this? Can we do that? And I love that. When I was working in LA, we would have these meet and greets for huge artists like BTS or whatever it may be. And a lot of the people that were getting these meet and greets weren't even fans to begin with. They were like the daughters or the sons of these clients. And we had like a hundred people outside crying, wanting to meet certain people. And I just so bad wanted to surprise them with like a meet and greet be like hey like love your energy come meet the band I wanted to do that so bad but we couldn't because these meet and greets were for the clients the people that were giving the money and so I love that here at 99.7 I get to put myself in the place of being a fan because I am a fangirl but also use my job and my platform and like my power at 99.7 to make it happen for other fangirls and that's what I really love and that's how I'm kind of like brought out of that jadedness in a sense is you know 
doing things for other people and seeing myself as more than just like the cool kid with perks. I, you know, I get to give you the perks now. I love that. I think that's incredible. You know, the, the fact that you were able to pull yourself out of a position where you were like, yeah, this isn't really working for me. This is not ethically for me. And now you're able to give back to the fans. Like that's, that's such a, a dream job. That's actually like one of my little kind of motivators to like, to, you know, to go out and be like, yeah, you want to seat upgrade? You want to meet and greet? Because it's really like all about the, as much as people say it, it's all about the fans because mm-hmm. the fans are making the entire music industry go round so (laughs) it makes sense you know and I can only imagine how much of a full circle moment it must be like from being you know the fan who wants to have your seat upgraded and wants to go to the meeting grades to being able to be like you know what I'm in a position where I can do this for them and now you're the one on the opposite end and being like hey do you want this do you want this and I think that that's so cool yeah it's a really fulfilling like heartwarming feeling I I just love it so much. That's why I'm so excited for Poptopia and having these meetings of just how to make a better experience for the fans is I'm so excited. Like I cannot wait for people to see what we have planned. Like, and what's cool is like, we get to work with the labels and management with these ideas. We don't, we're not just having meetings and nothing comes about it. Like we have ideas and we're coming up with an execution plan and relaying that back to the artist team. So that way we can get everything approved or, you know, for doing merch packs, we get things that we need. So I'm so excited to like share what's going to happen in the coming weeks. And of course at Poptopia. Yeah. Yes. So anybody listening, well, this is going to come out at the end of November, literally right before Poptopia, anybody in the NorCal Bay area, definitely go to Poptopia. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Poptopia. Cool. I mean, I wish I could go. <laughs> um, I'll still be cold on the East Coast, but oh, um, I, know. <laughs> I know, right? But Carla, thank you so much for, for being here today and for answering all our questions. I know I learned a ton and I so appreciated your passion and your energy for for the show and for the industry and just everything. So yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. And this has been another episode of A Little Jaded.